0: Deed, the faithfulness of God. Do it again, Lord. So, we, I'm probably like the third or fourth person to welcome you to Conduit today, but if you're uh, new with us uh, this morning, we welcome you here uh, to uh, worship with us at Conduit. My name is uh, Pastor Cameron. I'm uh, the executive pastor here, our lead pastor, uh, Corey. Uh, of course, we just celebrated his crossing of the finish line at the Prescott Half Marathon, and I did get confirmation that he survived. Um <laughs> Although there were some interesting stories on the way uh, of, uh, in his survival. but make sure that you, um, make sure that you honor him and that he worked awfully hard the last few months training for that. So uh, we're grateful for his leadership here and um, the opportunity that he and Brianne and his kids got to get away this past week and to, uh, to be on vacation, and they'll um, he'll be back in the full swing of things uh, tomorrow morning. So, um, uh, we're uh, we are we in this series uh, called Divine Divine Appointment. It's all about pursuing uh, intentional relationships with others, because uh, not for not because we need more friends, right? Although more friends are are always good, right? Not necessarily because we need more friends or because we need more to do, but but because we believe. We believe very strongly that, that God has called us, each individual person, us as individuals, to be on mission for him. That our, that our purpose, that our, our calling, um, the very reason that we exist to, to glorify God and to point others towards his glory, to, to lift up the name and the person of Jesus Christ, and as we lift up and glorify the name and the person of Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus draws people to himself, right? So that, there's a, so that, so that we, have a, we have a part in God's plan to reconcile the world to himself. In fact, we don't just have a part in the plan of God to reconcile the world to himself. We are the plan that, that you and I, uh, as individuals, and then when we come together as the, the communal body, the church, this gospel community, our god 's plan A to bridge the gap between us and the father and, uh, and and that responsibility and the urgency of that responsibility should not be soon should not soon be lost on us, but uh, it also um, when we talk about the 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 mission of god and the the plan of god through you and i through the church to reconcile the world to himself that can i know uh, almost immediately send shivers down the spines of every introvert ever right and um and to be fair it sends shivers down the spines of extroverts as well just because you're Um, An extroverted person does not mean that it's easier, right? To um, to share your story of what Jesus has done to you to someone else doesn't doesn't make it easy for extroverts, and it's not more hard for introverts. It's just hard, all around. It's hard for a lot of reasons, all right. And we could calculate all those reasons this morning. but uh, some of the reasons that it's really difficult to stand before someone else, even someone that you love, even someone that you know very well, maybe a, a close family member, someone that you've had hundreds of conversations with before in your life, and, and you're not a stranger to them, and they're not a stranger to you, but when it comes to things like your faith in Jesus Christ, your relationship with your church, how you, what, you're, what God is teaching you through the Scripture. The movement of the Holy Spirit in your life, there just seems to come this like vocal cord paralysis where you just can't get the words out. And Satan loves nothing else. Right? Satan loves nothing else than to make you than to scare you, than to discourage you, than than to tell you that. Well, I mean, you can't you can't talk about Jesus. You can't, don't, don't talk about Don't talk about the scripture, right? Don't talk about your, don't talk about what God has done in your life, right? Don't, don't tell the story of how the faithfulness of God brought you through this and, and brought you through that, and, and he'll do it again in your life too. Don't, don't tell that, don't tell that story. They're not going to believe it. They're going to have all these questions for you, and you're not going to be able to answer those questions, and then you're going to look like a fool, and because you look like a fool, then your life is going to be ruined, right? Right? And we, we do, we, we build up this narrative in our minds and we allow the enemy to fuel the fire of that fear narrative to the point where we just keep our lips closed and we leave all of the sharing about Jesus stuff to the spiritual professionals, right? That's what I pay you for, pastor. I'm just gonna bring all these people to your feet and, and you're gonna share all of this godly wisdom with them. And I'll tell you what, listen, if your plan A is your pastor. It's a plan, right? If your plan A is that your pastor would save your neighbor, that your pastor would save your friends, that your pastor would save your kids, bad plan. Bad plan. You are plan A. My job is to stand up here and to stand next to you and be your encourager, to be your greatest cheerleader, right? To be the person that, like, when I like that that's pushing at your back, even if you're going like this, like, you can do this, you can do this, I'm right behind you. You got this to share the truth of God's word with you. So that you are equipped to share the story of what Jesus has done in your life. Because remember what we shared last week. that, That you don't need to be a Bible scholar. You don't need to have a formal education. You don't need to know all of the answers. You don't have to have grown up in the church. You don't have to have a long standing relationship with Jesus Christ. All God is asking of you. Is that you would be willing and available. To tell the story of what he has already done. In your life with others to be able to share your own story to be able to say well Jesus did this and Jesus did this and I had I was hopeless before and now I have hope now and God saw me through the situation and God saw me through that and my life isn't perfect and I don't have it all figured out and not every issue is cleared up but let me tell you what I walk in the confidence that God is with me I walk in the confidence and the encouragement of a community of faith of people that are with me and God did it for me and God can do it for you and you know what I've found is that in conversations with other people especially those who are who, who will who will willingly instigate questions of faith in conversations like that is that when you go from like the argumentative like well I have a proof here and I have a proof here and I have a proof here to just sharing the story of like, hey man, I was this and now I am this. There's no argument for that. Right? It's like the man that was born blind from John chapter 8. Right? The Pharisees came to him and they said, well, well how, how did this Jesus heal you? And by what authority does he have the power to heal you? And, 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 and tell us all these answers. And the guy's like, listen guys, I don't know what you're after. I don't know what you're searching for. I don't know what you're digging at all i know was that once i was blind and now i can see and so you put that together in any way shape or form that you want to that's the story of what jesus did in my life right and that's got all that god asks of us god asks for us to share the story of what he has done in our lives to to be to be used in moments of divine appointment Appointments that 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 are created out of chance, like we weren't expecting it, we didn't know it was going to happen, but just boom, right there in this moment, we get like this download from the Holy Spirit, being like, "This is it, this is it, this is it, this is it," right? And we're like inwardly, we are like, "No, no, it's not it, no, 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 you've got a mistake," right? Right? The the attachment did not download. Um, not happening, right? But we know very clearly that this is it. So, like there's those moments of like um uh of like completely spontaneous divine appointments and then there is the completely manufactured planned. We've put a lot of work into creating divine appointments. Like a summer kickoff event or a Northside feeding program. Or a food truck Friday. Or an I Am Loved week. Or a laundry day. Or a smoothie and snow cones during um, Comedy Center week here this summer. Where, yes, we, without unapologetically, without any question, will create moments where there are divine appointments. We want to get divinely inspired people in front of and intersecting with those who need an experience with Jesus Christ. That's the strategy. Like, we'll let you know it's not secret. It's not, it's not groundbreaking. It's not terribly creative. Right? It's just what it is. Get godly people believing in Jesus' people. Holy Spirit-filled people. And we're going to take them and we're going to pick them up and we're going to set them right in front of someone who's walking down the street at the Comedy Center this, this summer. That's our plan. And, and sometimes that's lost on us, right? Con- yeah, I go to Conduit. We do all kinds of great things and great events and have a lot of fun. And we laugh a lot. And we have a food truck. And, and we have a ton of fun. And it's so true. We, we have a ton of fun. We have a ton of fun. But listen, the fun is not the point right? The fun is the manufacturing of a divine appointment, of a moment where you, conduits, have an opportunity to connect and share the story of what Jesus has done in your life with others. That's what we want. See, the thing is, is I, I, I really believe um, that that every single person, every single person wants to respond to moments of a divine appointment. That you want to, like, you want to give your A game, give it your best shot. That that if in a perfect world you knew that a divine appointment was happening on Monday at 10 a.m., that that in your heart of hearts, you would want to do the very best job that you could. Like you know this is happening and you're pumping yourself up. I can do this. I can do this. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. And you really want to be able to do that. And you really want to be faithful in that task. I believe that about you. I believe that you want to, to, to experience the, the, the joy of seeing the, the, the dots connect for a person. When they finally grab onto hope in Jesus Christ. For the most part we all want to be used by God. We all want to be tools in the hands of the Father. As he impacts the lives of others. As he writes the story of their lives. We want to be a a part of that. We want to take part. We, We want a part in that story. I believe that about us. But we get this false idea that we need to be someone or something specific in order to be a part of that plan. In order to be a part of that, that story that God's writing. Look, you don't need to be a Bible hero. Sometimes you just need to be like a little child. A little child we talked about last week in John chapter 6, remember? Remember? he had nothing of importance what he actually had couldn't ever meet the need that was before him but because he saw the greatness of the need and he trusted the savior he trusted the jesus who he was giving what he had to he knew the need would be met and even though the disciples were standing there laughing at him like well how far will this go in uh, when when there are so many people like didn't matter to him because he knew that all Jesus needed in that moment was everything that he had, and everything that he had may look like a small amount on the outside, but in in kingdom language, it was everything and more that Jesus needed to affect the lives of thousands of people, and that is you and I. You don't need to be a Bible hero. In fact, listen, you want to be the boy from John chapter six. You don't want to be Moses. We, we, talk, we sometimes like divinize our people in scripture as in like, well, you can't talk bad about Moses. You can't talk about bad about Moses, right? He did everything he could to get away from what God wanted him to do. In fact, God ended up getting so angry with him that he was like, fine, I'll have your brother Aaron the Levite do it since you won't. Turn over to Exodus chapter 4 and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about here. Exodus chapter 3, I'm sorry. Starting at 3. So This is the whole like burning bush uh, scenario, right? And, and Moses is in the wilderness and he comes upon this burning bush. And, um, and God was like, um, I've seen the misery of my people in Israel. And I want you to go to Pharaoh and demand that he let the people go, right? Um, and I want, yeah, I want you to do this, Moses. Just go you you just go and tell tell Pharaoh these things alright and then Moses in chapter 3 verse 11 um, but Moses said to God well who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt you're thinking oh okay so Moses is just being humble right kind of humble brag well who am I Lord that I should be used by you uh, okay well I, I can get on board with maybe it's Maybe he just needs a little bit of prodding, right? In verse thirteen, uh, God God was basically like, "Okay, okay, fine, fine. J- just go. I am going to be with you. I will, I will, I will give, I will give you signs. I will give you wonders. Don't, don't, like, dude. I'm going with you. You're gonna be all right." Verse thirteen. Mo- Moses said to God, "Well, well, but, but, God, suppose I go." to the israelites and i say to them the god of your fathers has sent me to you and then they ask me well what is your name what what do i tell them then like you started to get the picture like when i asked my kids to clean up the playroom also well, but i dad i got like, it all kinds of things to do right like i gotta do this first and uh i, I can't can't be cleaning all kinds of playrooms when I got Play Doh over here and there's, there's Legos to play with. And you get this sense that Moses is just like, I'm just going to start pulling excuses out of wherever I can get them, right? Because I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And he gets a little bit more bold in chapter 4. God tells them again at the end of chapter 3, go, you're going to plunder the Egyptians. I'm going to make them favorably disposed towards you. They're going to give you all kinds of riches as you're leaving the land. Moses answered chapter 4, verse 1, what if they do not believe me? What if they don't listen to me? What if they say, the Lord did not appear to you? I'll look like a fool, right? I can't, I can't possibly do that. So the Lord goes through again, look, take out staff throw it on the ground i will use this staff as a miracle working power for you don't worry let me show you all of the things that i can do okay now put your hand in your cloak take it back out see it's leprous all right put it back in take it back out it's clean again are you buying like smoking what i'm selling moses we got this let's get on let's get on the road okay let's do this and still moses was the same right in verse 10 moses said to the lord oh lord I have never been eloquent, neither in the past, nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. You can tell now the Lord is getting a little tired of Moses' excuses. Verse 11. The Lord said to him, who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak. And we'll teach you what to say. Moses is like, unbelievable, Moses. Get with the, like, come on, Moses. When we get to heaven, we're having a conversation about this. Verse 13, Moses said to the Lord, oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Then the Lord, the Lord was really, patient and kind and compassionate and said, "Okay, I'll just have your pastor do it." The Lord's anger burned against Moses. And he said, "What about your brother Aaron the Levite?" You see, we we take this as to meaning, "Okay, well like God made provision for him." No, no, what what God what, what the the part of the story that we never hear out is what Moses Missed out on? He refused to say yes. What what did what did Moses miss out on? Because he had he was pulling at every excuse that he could possibly find, both from doubting that God was going to go with him to his own inabilities to speak or to be elegant, eloquent. And then all of a sudden, like not all of a sudden, but then finally when God had had enough, he said, like, fine, I'll find someone else to do it. And and God is patient and God is kind and and God is compassionate and God is is long suffering with us. But God is also moving, right? Moving towards the reconciliation of his people back to himself, right? And like he just leaps frog. He leapfrogs Moses. All right, we'll find someone who's willing, we'll find someone who. We'll do it. So l- listen. Moses, we're talking about Moses here, all right? Parting the Red Sea. Ten Commandments, Moses. All right? Miracles, Moses. Through the desert, Moses. Like, oh, it's Moses, it's Moses, it's Moses. Look, Moses was not the biblical hero that we want that comes to, like, saying yes to God, right? We want, we want the faith. We want the perspective, we want the viewpoint of the boy. The boy whose name we don't know. The boy who shared his lunch. The boy who gave everything that he had to give, despite the ridicule of those who were around him, because he knew that anything that found its way into the hands of Jesus was safe. It was safe with him. I'll give it all to Jesus. I'll give every last bit of my lunch. Uh, I'll go hungry today because I know if it's in the hands of Jesus, it will be taken care of. We will be taken care of. He made himself 100% available in that moment and made no excuses. And that is what God, like that's best case scenario for us conduit, making ourselves 100% available in moments of divine appointment, making no excuses either about our inability or about God's inability. Here's a, this is a dangerous question, all right? Um, I'm not being facetious. Dangerous, dangerous, dangerous question here. Who here? Who here in this room, hearing these words, receiving from the Spirit of God now, even in this moment, who here wants wants to have within themselves a a no-excuses attitude? towards being used by God in the life of someone else. Or some hands are raised, like I, that, was a, that was, a, it was a rhetorical question, but if you want to raise your hands, that's fine with me, right? That's great, that's, it's amazing, but understand the danger of the question, okay? Understand the danger of the question that says, Lord, I, won't, I don't want to make any excuses I don't want to have any questions I want to be I want to be 100% available and, and when a moment of divine appointment hits my proverbial doorstep I want to be ready to rock and roll at that moment even if I'm scared to death Lord make it so in my life and if you and if you're like yeah Lord make it so in my life you better like buckle the seatbelt bro Okay? Because you will be inundated with the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, this is a divine appointment. 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 Maybe with the people that you work with. Maybe with the students that you teach. Maybe with the family members that you spend time with. Maybe with the people that you're interacting with even as you walk out of this room don't just walk past them nope take a little time inconvenience your schedule just for five minutes there's something that i want to do here there's something that i want to do there don't rush through this one listen Receive. Give. And when we say yes to the Lord, to be, to be willing and able, 100% available for God, divine, to be divine, appoint, to, for those divine appointments, uh, he answers. Now, in, in, in an effort to, be, to, to not be a generalist, okay Uh, in an effort to not be a generalist sometimes it's important for us to say lord i'm new at this Uh, this is scary to me i'm not really used to like discerning on the fly the divine appointment that you've put in front of me so could you help me out a little bit here right a little bit of extra grace a little bit of extra like buzzers going off ding 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 okay um and uh so you might you might find it um you might find it more comfortable for you all right to ask the lord this specific question lord who is the one person this week that you have scheduled a divine appointment for me with who's that one person now what I find is very rarely are our divine appointments people that we don't know. Right? That are just like walking down the street and like, whoa, okay, here we go. What I find is that when when we make ourselves willing and able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit um, on behalf of others or on behalf of who God has scheduled a divine appointment for us with, um, that... That we almost all immediately uh, have someone in mind. We almost all, like, without much difficulty at all, like, someone comes, like, like, screaming into our mind. And it's usually the person that we're like, oh, no. Anyone but them anyone because you know you know why we get that feeling it's because if it was easy with that person we would have done it already right like if, if that person was easy to deal with easy to talk to really susceptible to the things of the lord really searching and seeking and drawing out of us all these spiritual questions right we would have done it already we would have but the reality is that the person that the lord is bringing to your mind right now is likely a person that you have no idea how you're going to approach this conversation you have no idea what form it's going to take listen here's here's the the amazing thing you don't you don't have to have an idea. You don't have to have a plan, so to speak. You have to be the boy that's that's willing. You have to be the boy that's like, hey, lunch, here you go, okay? You just have to be willing. So I want to read out of 1 Samuel this morning because Samuel is like this guy who, um, really important in the life of Israel, really important in the life of King Saul, really important in the life of King David, right? But he's an awesome example of, of a guy who's like just coming into his own on hearing the Lord, all right? He doesn't get it right at the beginning, okay? But his his example is one where it's like, yeah, you know, um, I want to be Samuel. I want to have the spirit of Samuel. Like when 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 the Lord is like, Moving me towards a divine appointment, or when I know I'm gonna spend all day, um, all day Saturday doing laundry for people at over at uh, Papa Joe's over at Conduit North, or I'm gonna spend a, a Friday on the food truck, or I'm gonna spend my time Monday at the condo at the North Side feeding program, or Wednesday at the feeding program. Like, uh, I know I'm moving that way. And uh, I, I, I don't know what's going to make of it, but Lord, give me the spirit of Samuel. Here. First Samuel, chapter 3. Awesome, awesome story, okay? should give us so much encouragement for our own walk with the Lord. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. And then the Lord, the Lord called Samuel, right? Listen like put your place in put put yourself in Samuel's shoes divine appointment comes screeching your way right and you're like whoop, whoop, here and you're like this is a kind of a conversation's going a little strange right the lord calls to Samuel Samuel answered here I am and he ran to Eli <laughs> and he said here I am you called me now now Samuel is like but Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. so he went down. So, so Samuel is not used to hearing the voice of the Lord. Right? He's not he's not been in this pattern of like hearing from the Lord. Like, oh, that's the voice of the Lord. He wants me to do X, Y, and Z, right? So, like when He when we come to, to, a, to a moment where like God has scheduled a divine appointment for me and this other person right and the holy spirit is like making buzzers and bells and sirens going off in my in my uh in my head right and i'm just thinking well this is a really nice conversation this person is so nice or they're having a little bit of problems in their life but they seem like decent people i hope i see you again like nice to see you uh take care you know and and like we don't totally get it right it's just not like not clicking immediately for us right But Eli said, um, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Verse 6, again the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now, listen, verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Verse 8. The Lord called Samuel a third time. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. And so Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Right here, Spirit of Samuel, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place and the Lord came and stood there calling as at the other time Samuel, Samuel and then Samuel said speak Lord for your servant is listening and then God begins to speak to him about what his plan for Samuel's life is especially in um, as it pertains to the nation of Israel. There's some interesting things here that we can learn. We can talk about Samuel a whole lot. We can get into the other things that God ends up using him for, what God does through him, those who are affected by Samuel. But um, there's a few things that I want to just highlight this morning, okay? The first is this. Um, You can spend all your time, all your time, all your time, all your life ministering before the Lord and still not know him at all. Samuel says, right, or the First uh, Samuel three says that the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord uh, under Eli, that that he was he slept in the temple next to the Ark of the Covenant, like proximity to God, none can get any closer. All right, it was his it was his job to serve, to minister under Eli, right? Who was a prophet at the time, who was a priest at the time, who God was moving on out the door. You can spend all of your time right in the midst of the presence of God and still have no idea whatsoever um, what he's trying to do in your life no, no like recognition or familiarity with his voice. No 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 ability to, to know when he is calling you. Proximity, proximity to God does not equal intimacy with God. Proximity to the church does not equal in- intimacy with God. Proximity with your pastor does not equal. Intimacy with God. You can spend all of your time ministering before the Lord and still not know Him or His voice. And listen, here at Conduit, we, we've gone over this already a little bit this morning. We are we are unapologetically missional here. The, the unapologetically like we are about the unsaved people in this city all around us that god that god is wooing towards himself drawing towards himself by relationship in jesus christ like like if we are on one trajectory it's to see every man woman and child become a disciple of jesus christ that's what we're about that's what we want to do that's we will we we will run towards that we will scream towards that we will drive towards that and if that's not something that like you feel as like a a deep heartbeat of your own you may be in the wrong church because like we are never going to let our foot off the gas pedal of that ever we won't do it but what it does is it it makes us it makes us like second guess third guess all the time guess okay if I'm going to be a conduit and I'm going to be about the mission of conduit and I'm going to keep my foot on the gas pedal of mission at conduit, then, then maybe I need to begin some evaluation or reevaluation of my, my own life, my own relationships, my own, like, what direction am I going? What direction am I moving? What is my, what, what part of the puzzle piece do I have here in this place and don't get me wrong, every single person in this room, every single person that walks through those doors at Conduit has an integral part in the mission of God for this city. And I think, I know, I am so, so entirely confident that you have a place here in this body. That God, that God wants to use you, that God wants to activate Every single gift, every passion, every ability that He has given you with, given to you, the things that just come easy for you, the things that are natural for you, the things that you love to do, those are the things that God wants to use and and like and and use to, to multiply the work of the kingdom. And and conduit is like it's the laboratory. For that it's the environment for that and we want you to be a part of it so bad but listen what we can't do is if if I am spending all of my time listen this is like it's impossible for me to be used by God to keep my foot on the gas pedal of mission I'm going to be super honest and like, I love you all, right? But if I spend all of my time with y'all who got Jesus, right? I've got no time to spend time with those who don't have Jesus. And I would give every last cent that I have I would for anyone in this room. I would give you my life. I would give you anything that I own, anything that I have. I would be there at the drop of a hat with anything that you need. I love you more than you can even um, um, I lose when you are hurting, I lose sleep. And that's, I'm not joking. When you feel pain, I feel pain. I could not love you any more. I could not. But listen. If we spend all of our time with each other, then we never allow the opportunity for intentional divine appointment. We never allow the opportunity for... To, to intersect the lives of someone who, who needs to know Jesus. This is not a club. This is an army. We have a, we have a, we have a mission to realize. Uh, in verses 1 through 8, Samuel, he, he, does, he does not recognize the voice of God calling to him. And so so he makes he makes assumptions, right, that that set him in the wrong direction. Well, it must be Eli calling to me. So he he goes to he goes to Eli. And luckily Eli recognizes it um, and, and sets Samuel on a path of recognizing the voice of God calling to him. Um I don't know why I looked at my watch. I've I haven't worn a watch in ten years. Uh, So here I'm going to end with this. Um, Is that a lot of times we we have we have willingness to serve the Lord. We have willingness to be used by the Lord. We have we we want Lord yes. Give me the spirit of Samuel. I want to be used. I want to hear your voice. I I I want to know when you when you when you've arranged that moment, that appointment, that divine appointment. Even if I gotta schedule it by getting involved in an event or something like that. Like I want to be used. But Lord, you need to help me here. Like I need to know when it's you that 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 is speaking to me and not Eli. All right. Let me let me know that that it's you. That's speaking to me. Let me know the sound of your voice. Listen. Recognition of the voice of God comes with familiarity with the voice of God. If you want to know what the voice of God like, the voice of God is the word of God. The voice of God is the word of God. If you, I, I can make a I can make a a, a direct correlation, right? I've never heard the I, between these two things. I've never heard the Lord speak to me. I never read my Bible. Straight line between the two. Always. Like and it's a really short distance, right? Direct correlation. The voice of God is the word of God. And when you familiarize yourself with the word of God, when you feast on the word of God, when it becomes the the daily bread that sustains your spiritual hunger, you will then begin to hear all the time, all the time, all the time, the voice of the Lord speaking to you when the book is not open, and you will recognize it because you've spent time hearing it. Right? We've used this analogy before, but but there's a there's a reason that um, in a room of a hundred kids, right, a mother can pick out the cry of her child above the noise of the room right because there is a there is a um a, a primal connection there is a there is a deep intimacy there is a there is a familiarity that goes beyond the natural and when we when we familiarize ourselves and we spend time listening to The Lord has to say to us in His Word, Lord. I see, like, all right. I'm reading this. I'm reading the story of Samuel, and I'm and I'm seeing that, like, wow. Samuel is kind of just like me. Like, like the Lord speaks to him, and he doesn't, he doesn't get it at first, and he's confused, right, and. And he thinks it's something else altogether, right? And, but then he has someone who like puts his arm around him being like, okay, here's what's happening in your life. God is speaking to you. God wants to tell you something. Next time you hear that voice, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Like, Eli, Eli uses wisdom, Right, knowledge, experience. He uses he uses wisdom to point Samuel in the right direction, and it changes the trajectory of Samuel's life. A divine appointment. But we we spend time seeing how God is moving, where God is moving, what God is saying. We see the we see the character of God. We see the kindness of God. We see the compassion of God. We see the depth of his forgiveness. We see the depth of his love. We see the the magnitude of his pursuit of us in Jesus Christ. We become familiar with what he is saying in his word. And so now our, our spirits are witnessing with his spirit. And every time his spirit talks to our spirit, we immediately recognize it like a parent recognizes the voice of their crying child speak lord your servant is listening your servant is ready my prayer for you my prayer for um my prayer for all of us is that in these moments where we either have a spontaneous divine appointment or where God, or where we, where, where we take an intentional step to ensure that we're going to be in front of others, right? Intersecting with others, that we would be willing and able. I'm encouraged by what um, the end of chapter 3 in 1 Samuel says. It starts in verse 19, and he says, The Lord was with Samuel. As he grew up, and then he says, uh, he says this about Samuel: Samuel let none of his words fall to the ground. It's like that's an amazing commentary on, like the responsibility and ownership that Samuel took with the voice of God in his life from that moment on. It was like, like he refused to allow the words of God. He, he refused to drop the ball. Right? He refused to drop the ball on what God was asking him to do. He refused to drop the ball on, on, uh, on God's mission for him. He let none... Of those words hit the ground. It's awesome, awesome way to say it, right? Like Samuel held everything, and he carried it in faithfulness, and he used it in faithfulness, and he did it in faithfulness. Look it. You are a Samuel people. You are a spirit of Samuel people. You've exhibited it before. You've exhibited it again, right? But 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 I, I like I believe like we're, we're like climbing a mountain. Um, of I guess you call it like effectiveness in seeing people come to Jesus. I know we are. Like I know. Like we're just like you. You're this close. You're you're this close from from that from that moment where like the voice of the Lord becomes so palatable and real and alive and you hear it in um, in connection with a person the person that the Lord brought into your mind already. Um, I want I'm gonna pray that um, the Lord give you. The spirit of Samuel this morning, that the Lord would give you a heart that says, speak Lord, your servant is listening, but not just the, the heart to say it, but the, the courage to follow through with it. The courage to go, the courage to go with it. All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word we know, Lord, that your word is your primary voice to us. That if we want to hear your voice, Lord, if we want to know your voice, if we want to be familiar with the things of God, that, uh, that, that your word is your voice to us. Your word is your language to us. Let us, let us dive deep into feast on your word, Lord. So that when you're speaking to us in moments of divine appointment, we know and recognize and follow and believe that you are with us in that moment. In Jesus' name, amen.